you live from Columbia, Missouri. This is The Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia, and welcome to another edition of the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Carey, and alongside me is Michael Imami and Logan Francis. 7 a.m. Thursday, March 25th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Two days before spring break for all of us here down at the University of Missouri. And we're all looking forward to it because, honestly, it's starting to feel like spring now. With baseball, you know, a week away, opening day on the 1st of April. Can't wait to see that. You know, Sweet 16 starting this weekend. We're now dead in the middle of the March Madness. It's feeling like spring. Yeah, I know. I'm sure I'm going to get a text message from my family complaining um, shortly after I say this. But it's felt like spring for a while here. It really has. The weather's been really nice for a while. I think we've only had a couple days where it's been like actually pretty cold or maybe a couple weeks, but it's been great for the past month or so. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to finally say that I'm experiencing spring. <laughs> and I pro- excuse me, you can probably look back on the archives of the show at anchor.com, uh, the hot corner, look us up, please, please. <laughs> and you, you can probably see all, every year around this time I've been saying, spring, I'm actually experiencing it, minus last year because we went home early. Different mm-hmm. scenario. But here in Missouri, you actually feel you you get to experience all four seasons. Now, granted, I am wearing my winter coat today because it's a little cold this morning. But honestly, I'm 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 dreading the cold a little bit when I head back home this weekend. So hey, yeah. What I would say about you wearing your winter coat right now is that no one is no one is like up at this hour. That's not insane. We're 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 the exception to the rule, but it's. It's not normal for me to be up this early, and it gets warmer as the day goes on. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you guys, what are you guys doing this spring break? Because for me, for me, it's mostly just going to be sitting at home because I, I'm my family's not going anywhere. I'll be at home the whole week, maybe catch up on some work. So I don't, I don't know what you guys plan on doing. That's going to be the same thing for me. I'm going to be just sitting at home, catching up on some work, get some rest because I feel like the weekends lately have been like 15 minutes long. So I'm just excited to kind of get some actual, like, relaxation. Yeah, you know what I'm going to be doing, though? What? You what? know what I'm going to be doing? What? what? I'm going to be skiing. So, yeah, I'll be fun. Is that, is that your flex for today? That's my flex for today. I don't even know if he was telling the truth because he sounded kind of sarcastic. No, I'm actually, I'm serious. We're going to Steamboat uh, coming up. Actually, we have an ad, early flight uh, tomorrow. That's why I'm headed out here today, but... We got a flight at like eight o'clock tomorrow morning, and not exactly a relaxing uh, venue, but we'll we'll certainly be having a good time over in uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Yeah, you're, you're still going somewhere, which is a lot more than a lot of us could say. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm happy about that. So it should be exciting. I'll let you guys know about it when I come back. We yeah, expect a, a five-page essay yeah. with five peer-reviewed sources yeah. explaining. The importance of skiing and its impact on the sports world by the time you come back. With work-cited MLA format. Double yeah. space, Times New Roman, size 12. You know what's funny? One and a half inch margins. I have a five-page essay due at the end of today for my broadcast three class, so I'll be sure to uh, I'm going to assume you have not started it. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> right again. Yes. All right, so before you know, we head off to break and, talk and switch into the Sweet 16 here, we're going to do a little segment here where we take a look back on how our brackets have done and pick our favorite storylines of the March Madness so far. So, you know, looking into the sheet of integrity, which 
I am so close to burning at this point due to how many issues I have have had in the last week. You know, if Loyola beats Illinois in the in the second round on Sunday, that was hard to watch. And then, you know, Ohio State goes down. That was an Elite Eight team. So many teams that I had going somewhat far have fell victim to the upset bug this year. And honestly, looking at it other in another way, instead of looking at it through like, you know, I not betting, but in terms of putting money on the bracket, it's like if I didn't do that, I would enjoy every second of the tournament so far. All the upsets that have gone on, all the Cinderella teams, minus Loyola, they are not a Cinderella team. We'll get to that later. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. Yeah, it definitely has. And um, I, I feel like this is as good a point of any as you mentioned Ohio State to um, call back to the upset. Take your victory pick, lap. The upset that I was maligned and mocked for. Or Roberts, who are now a Sweet 16 team. We'll talk about them a little bit later, too. But I, did, I, I didn't have them go into the Sweet 16, but I at least had them beating the two seed, which I think I think I deserve credit for that call. You're part of, like, the 1% of the country that actually did that. I think I actually looked at it but, um, before I made the pick. I think it was actually, like, 3%-ish. Okay, well, okay. It, it's still small, but I wanted to, yeah. There's, there was a very small subset of people that... um. I, I, I looked at my them. notes after... And I was prepping for the show today, and I looked at my notes for Oral Roberts in Ohio State. It said, "Next game, please." Yeah, that's what you said, and I was like, "Hold on, here we've got we've got something." But yeah, I I, I don't know if they're gonna make. I'm gonna be rooting for them, Oral Roberts for sure, just because I love you know I love rooting for the underdog. But I'm I'm not sure if they're gonna make they're, it much. They're one of they they're one of two teams that I see as true, uh, true Cinderella teams. But that's more that's more saved for when we get into the Sweet Sixteen. So, yeah, I think I can guess who the other one is. But yeah. Michael, what, what what about you? Well, I'm just happy because my final two is still intact. I still have Alabama and I still have Baylor still in the final two, so I'm very happy about that. As of right now, yes, the bracket was a absolute disaster. I will also concede on the show here because I'm a grown man, and I need to take responsibility for the decisions I make. Ku losing to USC by a wide margin. Uh, I had Kansas winning that game pretty decisively, and uh, USC really stuck it to them in that game. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel me. like that's a game we, we can all say. I'm like, I, I had KU going, beating USC as well. But Yeah, but I'm did not, you have them beating USC by, or did you have... We didn't do a score prediction. Well, I had them beating them by a significant margin, by at least 15 points. So I, I, I'm just happy because, you know... It didn't really hurt me as much as I thought it would. Now, granted, I always root against KU no matter what. Well, everybody does. Right. You have and I'm, to. And I'm not going to be like, I want KU to win so I can win money. I'd much rather see them lose. Honestly, I'd much rather see <laughs> right. them lose. Well, that's the point where you just make put them losing in your bracket just because you want you know you want to root well, for it's, what you it's, it's one of those things where it's like my heart wants them to lose, but my brain knows they have a very they had a very good shot of winning. Well, clearly, you know that was wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like in in these situations, you just kind of in mo- in some cases you can just go with what you want, and there might not be exactly a rationale for it, but sometimes it just happens. Yeah, I mean. It's it's like how it seems like every year in the show I pick against the Cardinals in the playoffs that they make the playoffs, or I pick against the Packers, right? They do all this because like my heart says they're gonna I want them to lose, so I'm gonna go with that. And every time it's burned me. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a lot easier when it's not in, like in this situation where it's not there's not money on the line. So I get what you're talking about. Also, can we just talk real quick about this? I mean, we'll we'll get into these things more de- um, more deeply in a bit. But can we talk real quick about the Midwest um, region? An eight, a twelve, an eleven, and a two in the final four. That's just wild. Well, to the me. two the two is not exactly surprising. Well, yeah, the two isn't surprising, but I wanted to list all four seeds. But yeah, Alabama eight, and eleven, are and still twelve in the, are still in the race, and that's my the Michigan's two that I overrated. had out there. Maybe they are, but there's they got that Florida State matchup. I'm telling you, UCLA is a surprise. I would that say is UCLA is as big a surprise. You know, when I look at, maybe because I judge things differently, when I look at surprises, I don't look at the big schools. Like UCLA, they've been historically great. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, I'm so surprised that they are able to put the recruits together and make a deep run, which is what they're expected to do every year. It's a little different when you see teams like Arkansas and here or Alabama that aren't usually powerhouse teams like Villanova or Duke, UNC, all those kinds of caliber teams. It's like, yeah, UCLA was an 11 seed because they were okay this season, but still, they're in a much better position instead of teams like, in comparison, teams like Oral Roberts or, or um, what's the other one I have? Oregon State. Those are two teams that come to mind right away. That's where I think we differ a little bit, just because when you're talking about like a team being a powerhouse, if they're a powerhouse in that season, they'll be a high seed, like Alabama was or Arkansas I'm was this year. They're historically powerhouse teams. Well, I know you you were talking about teams that are like a, that are um the two teams you mentioned that aren't historically powerhouses. That's the surprise in the season because they're taking on that role and then they get a high seed in the tournament. But I think a lot of the surprises come from the lower seeds that make a run, even if it's one that's done it before, like obviously Loyola we had a couple years ago, or Syracuse who seems to do this trip to the Sweet 16 every year. It's just, it's the lower seed that makes it a bit more surprising. Yeah, but there, it's, it's what I'm trying to get at here is, yes, they're a lower seed, but there if, is no such thing. If they're in, if you're if you're saying like let's say let's say Loyola was an 11 seed, is Syracuse and Loyola similar? Because they're not. Listen, they're not. I think I get what you're well, yeah, saying. I get what you. When it comes to a blue blood, there's really no upset, and I get it. I understand. It's like if 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 Duke were to be a 12 seed this year, which wouldn't happen because they they were terrible. But if Duke were a 12 seed this year and they managed to beat somebody, you would be uncomfortable saying that'd be an upset. Because it's it's more of is, like I'm not surprised that they yeah, won. Like, I, I, I'm a little surprised that they that they won, but still, it's like they're expected to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not in doubts of UCLA's program. I 100% believe in the Bruins. I think they have a, one of the most storied basketball programs in the world for anything. Um, but, you know, you look at their journey. They, they go out, they beat BYU. They were not expected to beat BYU. Um, you've got Texas losing to Alabama Christian. And I think UCLA beating Alabama Christian was – or was – Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian, excuse me. My eyesight's terrible. I knew I got that wrong. Um, you got them losing. You got Abilene Christian losing to UCLA there. And a lot of people weren't really all that surprised. So I was a bit uncomfortable, as I said, with calling this a huge upset. I didn't think it was. That's why I said it's a bit surprising. That's why I didn't call it a huge upset. But I look at UCLA's matchup versus Alabama, and I can tell you right now, I feel really comfortable with Alabama winning this game. We, we've really said that do. about a lot of games that didn't pan out. So, I mean, I, I, I don't feel com- um, comfortable like picking any of these games. Obviously, we're still going to. But My I don't Midwest feel... finals is still intact. I got Alabama beating Michigan. 
in that final game. So I you well know, final four, but fi- yeah. Well, yeah. But wait, didn't Midwest oh, final? Okay, yeah. I was Midwest, like, wait, what are you? T- I was thinking final. final. Yeah, so that's in the elite. They're both in yeah. the same one. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about like a bigger school versus a smaller school too. Like, obviously you're not going to call UCLA as big a surprise as like Oral Roberts or something. Oh yeah. I just think when you have a lower seed like that, it's obviously you have the lower seed because you're not projected to go as far. And then when you reach the sweet 16, even if it's not a major surprise, it still feels like a surprise to me. It's maybe because I just see things differently here because like, as I said, Syracuse, another historically usually makes a deep run in the postseason every year. UCLA, granted, in the last few years, haven't exactly been as great as they used to be back in the day, but there's, when they still make it in, they're like, well, the history says this, 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 and this. And they're like, yeah, they, they, they beat two teams that, granted, the first game was a little different, but they beat Abilene Christian, which expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that like, wasn't. Well, they're in a Sweet 16, they're a Cinderella. And they're like, I look at them and I'm like, I can't really say they're a Cinderella because. They've been there so many times before. Yeah, the Evelyn Christian matchup really throws a wrench in things. Like, if they had beat Texas, yeah. who was a three seed, I think there might be a little bit of a different tone. But because they beat Evelyn Christian, I think it does throw a wrench I expected, in things a little bit. Sorry, Logan. I expected UCLA to, to maybe pull a couple games out. Obviously, at this point, it's, it's interesting because right now they're making a deep, deep, deep run. <laughs> and I, I just think that at this point where you have them playing against Alabama here in the Sweet 16 matchup, I expected them to maybe have a polite round of 32 exit and they kind of bow out and that's the end of it because that's the, that's the story of their program this year, but it's not, it's not. And they have a decent shot at beating Alabama. And I do think Alabama is winning this game. I feel comfortable about it, but I've felt comfortable about a lot of games in this tournament. And that has not panned out as you brought up politely earlier, Logan. Can I just ask you a quick question? What's the difference between a, um, a polite exit and a rude exit? A rude exit is where a team basically just absolutely destroys another one. Okay, and that's what I figured. I was just hard curious. Feelings I heard involved. that before. And there's hard feelings involved. A polite exit is where a team battles it out, and it's a hard-fought loss, and there's no hard feelings between men who pick. So you look down and I'm like, it ain't personal, kid. Yeah, it ain't personal. It ain't personal. <laughs> okay, that KU loss to USC was personal. That was great. I loved every second I, of it. I liked it too, but you know what? I don't like being wrong either. So, I mean, you know. To catch 22. Yeah. Catcher, right. catcher in the rye. Maybe not. <laughs> no. where that came from. But... No, let's not talk about that horrible book. I... Logan, okay, we don't, don't need. I never finished. We don't it. need don't to get into hear. that. I never I, finished. This That's is a not, conversation for other day. You know how I feel about that book. This is. I, I'm not sure I do. This is not a, a conversation for the show. We're not no, a book the, show. But I. I really like catching. I never it. finished it. Despise ever. it. Summer Horrible. reading. I Hated never finished every it. second of it. All right, we're gonna take a short break here. When we come back, we're gonna go and break down every single game in the Sweet 16. All this and more on a hot corner on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. A delicious power breakfast. Great way to start the day. I'm Brandon Anthony. And I'm Keegan Harvey. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. to listen to me. And me on our new show, Breakfast of Champions. Here on KCOU Sports, KCOU 88.1 FM. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can 
Mix, master, record, edit, engineer, your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at kcou.fm. Looking at every single one of these games has made me really contemplate every decision I've ever made and every bracket I've ever created in my life because I look at it and say like, hey, I could have seen this stuff happening, but yet I picked the complete opposite. And it pains me every single year. And as I put this song, what a fool believes because I believed in Illinois and I'm certainly a fool for doing that. And I believed in Iowa and I'm certainly a fool for doing that. Don't fall for Big Ten teams. Not worth it. That was pretty good. You gotta admit, like, I came up with that on the spot. That was pretty good. That was fantastic, Patrick. Thank you. All right. As we did last week, we spent a little bit of time on each, all 36 games that were played in the first and, excuse me, the first and the first four. This week, we're gonna look into every game in the Sweet 16, all eight of them, and we're gonna start right away with Oregon State and Loyola. So, everybody loves Loyola, everyone loves Sister Jean. It's become that sort of bandwagon team that everyone's like, hey, I'm from Illinois. I'm going to be a Loyola fan now. And it's just like, yeah, we, we were all there in Wait, 2018. So you're telling me they're Loyola to their team? Loyalists? One she, might call she, them. She's trying to. No. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. Come on. Thanks. Appreciate it. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. You I'm completely trying. threw him off. Anyway, we're what's g- a rambler anyway? I have no oh, idea. I'm gonna Google that for you. I'm seeing a wolf here. I'm seeing a wolf next to that. That does, does not look right. Anyways, it's, it's a school that everyone's bandwagoning, and they're calling them a Cinderella team, which they are not this year. They are not a Cinderella team. They've been here before. They were, they were over underseeded for their season. They were ranked 18th in the country, and they were a eight seed. Yeah, and it's like, are you kidding me? Really? That's yeah. the team you're putting as an eight seed. But everyone's like Sports Center, ESPN, all these same company. <laughs> Disregard that point. <laughs> ESPN's like, hey, Cinderella team again. It's like, yeah, they're fun, but they're not a Cinderella team. They've been here before. They've done it. They're not that anymore. Yeah. They're a good program. They're yeah. not Oral Roberts. They're not, in this case, Oregon State. I'm going to keep throwing an name around because mm-hmm. I'm a big Oregon State bandwagoner this year. And it's like, we get it. Yeah, I think Oregon State's a bigger Cinderella team than... Um, than Loyola, and I don't think that's disputed. I think what everyone, Cinderella is the wrong word, but I think what everyone's clinging to is the fact that they beat Illinois, who a lot of people obviously, you know, had as a championship contender. So I think that's where it's coming from. Now, again, it's not a, it's not a Cinderella team because, you know, they have been here before and they were they were terribly underseeded. This should have been the Sweet 16 matchup. This this in some way should have been the Sweet 16 matchup or even the Elite Eight when you get both teams out of um out of this region like it should have been illinois loyola should have been a lot farther down the road than it was yeah loyola should have been something like a five seat mm-hmm. i feel like that's a good enough spot for him but the committee or whoever does the seating for the tournament was just like yeah they're an eight and it's like but they're not yeah it was really weird yeah. also <laughs> i just want to answer a question michael asked before i googled what a rambler is i'm not sure i found anything particular but google does tell me it is a person who walks for pleasure, especially in the countryside. Well, why the heck is there a wolf? That's a very good world. question. I don't understand that. 
And I would ask you why a lot of teams have the logos that they have in you know a lot what? of cases. Why don't why doesn't Loyola have Sister Jean as their mascot? That would not work. <laughs> what are you gonna call the themselves? Loyola Chicago Sister Jeans? No. <laughs> There's all no. Sister Jean. They have Sister Jean take a shot before every single game from the three point line. You went down that route. I thought you were gonna go down a different route. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Also, shout out to Cameron Crutwig from Algonquin, home of Jacobs High School. Logan, you and I should know where that is. We do. We've been there before multiple times. Yep. It's where we call a winter basketball tournament. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Shout we, out shout totally. out Jacobs High School. Michael, you don't get it because you're not I do. Here. I do. I was, I was but there. But also yeah. look for Kennedy and Williams. Those are the big three names. Cameron Crutwig has won one. I can't stand him at all because he busted my bracket. But he's won the hearts of many people across Twitter. As for Oregon State... Huge surprise team took it, won the Pac-12, stole another team spot in the tournament, and they really, you know, really turned it on this postseason so far. Ethan Thomas is a name you want to look out for. That's a guy that could potentially put Oregon State over the edge. Jared Lucas too is another guy in Oregon mm-hmm. State that is a very good player. I I don't know how we didn't see Oregon State coming. I guess it's a lot easier to say in hindsight, but like they did win the Pac-12 and then just got the 12 seed. I guess beating Oklahoma State might have been a little bit of a stretch, but it. I don't know how I, we didn't I, see it. I contemplated picking them. I, I think I wrote down, I can see them winning in my notes. I'd have, to go, I'd have to go back to my notes, but I feel like we could have seen this one coming. They're usually, like I said, I usually pick a 12 seed to win. I picked the Gauchos. That was a wrong <laughs> pick. I should have gone with Oregon State, the Beavers, and the turnover, the turnover chainsaw that they do in football. <laughs> Such a great tradition. I don't know if I picked a 12 seed, but I do know I pick a 13th. I'm going to go before we pick here. Michael, do you have anything to say about this game? Because you've been awfully quiet. I have not been awfully quiet. I have been interjecting Other than your jokes. sister Jean and taking a shot for behind the three-point arc. He's been, whatever you know, abomination I, of honestly, the thing that was. He's I been think, too busy thinking about what a Rambler is. <laughs> you know what? I think, honestly, I like this game. And the reason why I like it is because I think right now I look at Cameron Crutwig, if that's how you pronounce his last name, and... He's leading the team, I believe, in rebounds with 6.9. Yeah, he's leading the team in rebounds. And so that, to me, I think is a key indicator right there. And the thing about Loyola is, and that I like it, they are losing the rebound battle because Oregon State has 9.3 per game. Loyola has 6.5. So they're going to need Crutwick to show up if they want to win this game on the rebound side of things, not necessarily on the scoring side of things, even though that number is incredibly high. But I'll tell you where Loyola does lead. They lead defensively on rebounds. So... Here's the deal. They got to be able to knock down those shots and they got to be able to get those offensive rebounds and they got to be able to keep up with Oregon State's offense if they're going to urge defense, excuse me, if they want to get this game in the books. And that's why I think Loyola is going to win because I think Crutwig's going to have a big game offensively, not in terms of scoring, but in terms of rebounds. Logan, your answer to who's going to win this game? So we talked about this a little bit um, in the first part of our show about picking with your heart versus picking with your brain. And my heart says Oregon State. I want Oregon State to take it. But my brain says Loyola. And as a result, I'm going to go with Oregon State. I'm picking with me, I'm picking with my heart. You and me are the same in this one. One, I'm kind of picking against Loyola because I'm starting to get tired of the whole Loyola bandwagon <laughs> thing that Sports Center does all the time. It's like, okay, we get it. I've seen it once. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I want to see a different team this year. You got to love Scott Van so, Pelt hyping them up, though. I'm going to go with the Beavers of the great, great town of Corvallis, Oregon. 
bring the turnover chainsaw and you'll win. That's that's, yeah, it's a requirement. I feel like whatever we pick, given the way this tournament has gone, there's no pick that's like out of bounds, out of bounds, so to speak. Like any pick is your Chicago accent out of bounds. Bounds, yeah. (laughs) Anything, anything is possible in this tournament. So it just. I'm, I'm picking with my heart. Right, next, Chicago next game, we got Logan. Villanova and Baylor. This is going to be one of the best games of this weekend, in my opinion. Nova's been good, but Baylor is just really taking the league by storm this year. They beat Wisconsin last week by 13. Nova beat North Texas, as expected. I like Baylor a lot in this one. I can't really pick against Baylor right now. There's going to be a time where I might, but for the foreseeable future, I don't see a scenario. I'm not... There are scenarios that they could lose, but I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Villanova's been there before. They have experience. So they definitely could, but I think I think this is Baylor's game to lose. Also, I would have loved to see Villanova play Purdue. I know North Texas won that game, and you know, props to him, and it was great, but I would have loved to see Villanova and Purdue. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, and here's the other thing about Baylor that I absolutely love is Mitchell leads his team in minutes leads his team and excuse me does not lead his team has 52.1 field goal percentage um love day i know is Did he behi- kick it from behind the 35 yes but here's the deal okay the guys who have the highest field goal percentage on the team have the least amount of minutes so when i look at mitchell's and i see that 52 number and i see he's got 32.5 minutes 32.9 excuse me i need my glasses and i don't have my glasses but that's a thing for baylor that really kind of sticks out is he has a decent field goal percentage. He's playing a lot of minutes on the floor. And the other thing is, is here's a, here's the mismatch, I think, in my eyes for, for Baylor here. Okay. When you look at the numbers. Okay. Baylor has 12 turnovers per game. Villanova, 8.8. Okay. The key to this game for Baylor, limit those turnovers. They, that is one of the biggest discrepancies on the board here that I can see to this point. And in fact, I think it is the biggest discrepancy between the two teams, if I'm not mistaken. As I'm looking over the stats, I think three-pointers might be the only one that's even bigger. Oh, wait, no, it's not. So, yeah, turnovers. you got to limit those turnovers. And I know that sounds cliche, but that's really what's killing them in this game to me. So are you, I mean, we'll, we'll t- we, I, I won't ask you the question because we'll talk about picks in, in a bit. But yeah, I just think Baylor has so many different ways they can beat you. Even, like, they've had players just come off their bench and put up, like, you know, put up numbers. Like, they can beat you in so many different ways that they just uh, they can't run their turn the ball down, over. I had it written down in this team that this team is very deep, deep, deep. Yeah. Yeah, they've got so many different guys they can beat you with. They're a deep team. They, you know, just guys show up. Someone will step up for this game. And, and I love thought. the bench, man. I mean, that's just, you know, I, that's the thing. I love, I love the, bench. the bench. Absolutely <laughs> love the bench. Love the bench. But, you know, to me, that's that's the key there is is the turnovers. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Logan, but uh, I, was you know, pretty much done anyways, I can't so. I can't get past that. They've they've got to limit that. And believe me, I have Baylor in my my final two. I've got them one in the whole gosh darn thing. But whole shebang, whole shebang. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. You got to have you got to limit those turnovers in this game. All right. We're going to go around the picks on the table here. I've got Baylor in this one. I can see a scenario where Villanova wins, as always. They're a very good team. Don't want to count them out at all, but I like Baylor in this one. I got Baylor winning. I trust Baylor to get their whatever you call it together, and I trust them limiting those turnovers and winning this game against Villanova. Yeah, like you said, Patrick, probably the best game of the weekend, and I've got 
I completely blanked for a second. I've got Baylor as well. There you go. There you go. Big old All Baylor. Right. Next team is this year's Cinderella, Oral Roberts against Arkansas. Oral Roberts is the second 15 seed to ever make it in the Sweet 16. First one was Dunk City, a.k.a. Florida Gulf Coast University, and one of my favorite teams ever in the March Madness. <laughs> I was so contemplating buying a Florida Gulf Coast jersey, shirt, excuse me, after their run. I'm sad I never did, but it was so much fun. But Arkansas, <laughs> really great team this year. They struggled against Texas Tech. Oral Roberts beat Florida, and I have a bunch of ha-ha-ha-ha-ha after that one because... Florida. Ah, <laughs> uh, Florida. But, you know, both teams, Arkansas expected to go a bit far. Oral Roberts, I didn't have winning the first round, so anything but anything beyond this is a miracle. I like both teams. Oral Roberts is a lot of fun. And we get the picks. We'll get to, we'll get to that later. So what are you guys' thoughts on this game? Yeah, Oral Roberts was... um. The, in my notes, I have that they can drop 80 on pretty much just about anyone. They're a very high, um, higher-scoring team. Max Aismas has been one of the best players in this tournament. 55 points over the two games. Kevin O'Banner has been having a great ter- um, tournament, too. 58 points in two games. So they've just been on. They they really did get hot at the right time. Yeah, but, I mean, if you look at Arkansas and Moses Moody, I mean, this, to me, I think is a team that, that really has potential. Now, I don't want to go against Oral Roberts because there are just so many things that I, you know, I can't, I cannot root against Oral Roberts. I really can't. Um, I think I had the Razorbacks in my final four, I believe, or out of the conference, I believe. But I think that, in my opinion, I'd rather be, this is a clear case of I would rather be wrong, same thing with KU, than be right on my bracket because the team involved is just such an amazing story that I can't go against it. So yeah, and now uh, they... I have a little bit more on Oral Roberts later in the show. He does. Split. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Stay tuned for later on that one. And now they've um, I had something. To say. Oh yeah, and now they feel like a team that you can't really count out just based on who they beat. Ohio State and Florida is a, is a very good track record to have made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, they didn't just kind of you know waltz their way in here. I mean, they 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 beat some. Some serious uh, opponents. Yeah, and that... Arkansas had to take on Toothpaste University, which... <laughs> Mickey Kansas Mouse. University. Mickey Mouse. No, that's or- Oregon got the Mickey Mouse first round win. That's hey, different, different. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That was, that was a crazy game, by the way. Colgate started taking over, and then at the end of the first half, Arkansas just sprung we all, we to all, life. Yeah, it seems like we all just brushed over Colgate in that one. That so. was good. That one was good. <laughs> all right, in this game, I have Oral Roberts. Uh, I, uh, I would drop the mic, but we're we we can't <laughs> physically do that. They're not here. in our hands, yeah. I this is I, I'm gonna have to go with Oral Roberts. I'm oh sorry. My. I just oh my. <laughs> is, this, is this happening? I can't I can't pick against him. I really can't. I want to root for him, and that's why I'm picking him. It feels weird because typically in close games we are two and one with each other, but I. I've been banging this drum for longer than anyone with the Ohio State games, so I feel like I have to I have to go with um with Oral Roberts, my Cinderella. Also, again, picking with my heart. My brain might say Arkansas, but I've been picking with my heart this segment. So all right, next game we have here Syracuse against Houston. Syracuse making a bit of a, a deep run here. They've been a very hard team to stop this year, especially with their weird defensive scheme. No one can really figure that out. Cougars of Houston 
good team, but they did struggle against the Jersey Boys last weekend. So keep that in mind. And if you don't know, Jersey Boys are Rutgers. Fun, <laughs> horrible team. I love to just make fun of Rutgers all the time. <laughs> but, you know, Syracuse, they're a really good team this year. They beat Huggy and West Virginia last week, as expected, because Huggy can't seem to get past the second round. He just can't. He just can't do it. So this game will be a little bit harder to pick here. Houston, championship aspiration team, two-seat in that region. They'll be a lot of fun to watch. This game will be a lot of fun to watch, but I'm having trouble picking this one. Yeah, I think the one thing that really draws me to um, to Houston is that they showed a lot of fight against Rutgers. They were struggling, and you know, it was, they were close to just being completely out. Can you imagine having an 8, an 11, and a 12 in the Sweet 16? 8, 10, 11, 12? It would be they would be pretty wild, but yeah, they they showed some fight. They came back. Rutgers probably shouldn't have blown it the way they did. They really, you know, they they really had it had it in the bag, and then they just completely lost it. I guess they didn't know uh, where the gabagoo was. If you know what I'm saying? Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, hey! <laughs> Where's the gabagoo? We make so many references on the show that people uh-huh. are not gonna understand. Yeah, hey, I'm um, walking you. <laughs> Bobby De Niro. All right. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, So here's the thing. Here's the thing. (laughs) I don't even know why I said that. All right. right. Major discrepancy for me here is rebounds. Um, Make it quick, huh? Yeah. Tough guy. Yeah. Houston leads uh, the rebound battle here 37.8 to 32. To me, I think that's a big, big factor. Obviously, if you're Houston, rebounds translate to points, and points translate to wins. Now, obviously, it's about what you make out of those points. When you look at the field goal percentage, they're both relatively evenly matched, hovering around 44%. To me, I think that this is a tough win, but a good win, I'd say, for Houston, in my opinion. It's going to be close. It's one of my notes I have written down here, but I'm going to go with Syracuse. I just have a hunch this round. Syracuse has been great in the tournament so far. Houston, again, struggle with the Jersey Boys. Don't really like that too much, so I'm gonna go with Syracuse. Logan. Okay, I thought Michael was the last one. I, th- I thought Michael was next. Normally, we've been going around the table, but anyways, I have I have Syracuse's annual surprise run ending here. I'm taking Houston. Like I said, I like the fight they showed against Rutgers, and I expect to see that against Syracuse as well. Right. Next game should be relatively quick here. Creighton and Gonzaga. Can you really pick against Gonzaga? Yeah, it feels like the most lopsided game of the weekend. I actually have in my notes just Gonzaga. Need to say more? Yeah, That's Gonzaga it. had trouble against Oklahoma in the beginning of the game, and they just pulled away because they're Gonzaga That's and they're a phenomenal they team this year. And if any year is it the year that they win, it might be this one. So I have Gonzaga in this one. I feel like Michael, you might have them as well, unless you're trying to go with the dark horse in Creighton. But hey, no, I absolutely, I, I definitely think Creighton's going to win this game uh, blowout. Uh, Creighton beat 105 uh, to 25. The Ohio University. The Ohio University. No, uh, if you got a brain, you're gonna pick Gonzaga. Um, what's the? Who is the character in the Wizard of Oz? I only had a brain. What was that? The um, Scarecrow. Yeah, the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow is gonna pick Creighton in this game, no doubt. But uh, I'll tell you <laughs> I had what. To think for a second. I'm not there. the Scarecrow. It's been, it's been a while since I've I'm seen that movie. I'm the Tin Man, and I don't have a heart, but I've got a brain, and I'm the Tin Man. I mean, I'm picking with my heart, so... so I like the Tin Man. <laughs> I'm going with Gonzaga. Don't, that's a movie. Don't worry about it. 
I don't, I don't know. All, what right, he's all three of us picking it's I, I it just want to. Perfect sense. I want to put something no, in no, here. No, we're going on. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. What were you gonna say? No, I just wanted to say that I feel like we're doing that thing where we sound super confident and then it could go wrong. So I don't think Gonzaga loses this game, but I just want to say that like this tournament, anything can happen. Creighton right. drains a three Florida pointer State. with three point one seconds left in the game, Why and we all fade timing? back. I'm- Florida State University and Michigan, two decent teams. Michigan, as I say, is still overrated this year. FSU destroyed Colorado while Michigan beat LSU by a measly eight points. Like I said, FSU earlier in the show last uh, last week, they're very they're very deep, deep, deep roster, and they can make a deep run in the tournament in this case. I like Florida State a lot. Michigan, I'm not on the Michigan train at all. Not been a big fan of them this year. They had the whole COVID incident, didn't play that many games. It's been more like... Eh, they're okay. I don't know about a one seed, but yeah, it's the I, committee. I, what can I, I say? I do like the way Michigan played um played LSU. They did, they had a great game there. Both are really solid teams, but they're both teams that like I look at and I'm like I kind of want to see a bit more from both of these. Yeah, and also Florida State, they do lead against the, in the turnover battle, fourteen point five to eleven point two, but they also lead in an important category, which is steals. They lead seven point three to four point three. So I will say right it's now... It's almost double at that point. Yeah, but here's the thing. Florida State, to me, strikes me as a fun team. I like their offense. As you said, they got a deep, deep, deep bench. And to me, I think in terms of field goals, three-pointers, that is something that, you know, it, you have to be able to execute at a high level with your reserves. You have to. I mean, you, you got to have the good six-man on there. That's exactly what Florida State does. So to me, this is an, a, a win for Florida State. Um, I think Michigan puts up a fight, but in my opinion, uh, I'd say this is about a, a six to eight point win. I'm feeling ambitious, so I'll pick a score. Uh, I'm going to say Florida State wins this game 73 to 66. All right, I got Florida State in this one. I'm not going to do score predictions because I am terrible at that. So I got Florida State here winning, I don't know, five points victory. There you go. Logan. I'm not even going to do like a deficit, but I've got Michigan in this one. All right. We got two more games here. UCLA against Bam. We talked about them a lot. UCLA, not a Cinderella team. I like Michigan State against them, but they came on on top with a win. As for Bama, they're hot and they've shown no signs of stopping. They beat Maryland. And John Petty and Jaden Shackleford both had over 20 points in that game. So those will be two guys you want to keep your eyes on, and they will definitely be hard to stop. UCLA beat Abilene Christian, so there was no big surprise there. Really, they've been more of a just eh team in my opinion but Bama I like them a lot yeah Alabama has been one of the more fun teams to watch in this tournament Michael might be onto something with his um his Baylor Alabama championship I feel like there might be there might be or was it Baylor Alabama it was it was right? Baylor Alabama but I'll tell you what hopefully uh John Petty and the Heartbreakers don't uh let me guess break my heart uh is that gonna happen yeah don't don't ruin this this excitement for me but I will say that uh I, I feel pretty confident or you'll about be free falling after that yeah free <laughs> And I'm free. Don't sing, please. Free. Please don't sing. <laughs> There's a reason we're in sports. Yes, there is. Want me to try out for American Idol? Yes. I, I think Get that Pat recording contract. Sing. Pat's singing the national anthem at the uh, Bama-UCLA game. I'm not singing the national anthem at that game. I've got Alabama in this one. No big surprise there. Honestly, I I like Alabama a lot. John Petty and the, and the Heartbreaker is really going to put some work into this one. Yeah. It's it's going to be a fun game to watch. Bama's going to win. Yeah, we've got a clean sweep here because I've got Alabama as well. And the final game here, a little Pac-12 rivalry. Oregon against USC. Oregon had their Mickey Mouse win against VCU because VCU 
got sick and had to stop their had to pull out of the tournament. Sad, so they got their 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 Mickey Mouse win, but they did destroy Iowa in the second round. As for USC, having destroyed Kansas, they have my full support. The Mobley brothers will be hard to stop. But that said, Oregon someone is, is a good team. Chris Duarte is a guy you want to keep your eyes on. He scored 23 points against Iowa. But then again, if you want to beat Iowa, all you had, all you had to do was just stop Garza. And then and they really didn't. Well, Garza had like 36 you let points. You Garza do what he does and just stop everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that and works. That's usually how it does, how, how you beat Iowa. As for USC, been a lot of fun this tournament. Again, Moby Brothers, keep your eyes out for them. Fun, fun team in this one. So I like USC in this game. Partially because I despise Oregon. I hate everything about them. Their stupid jerseys in football. Their overhypedness. I can go on about a rant about Oregon. <laughs> it's going to be like, how long is he going to do this? But I can't. I cannot stand Oregon. I got USC. Yeah, I'm going to go with USC as well, even though you know what it is. Green and yellow. Green and yellow. Green and yellow. <laughs> no, Michael. But I like the Moberly brothers a lot. I think that, to me, I think this right now is a, a very, very strong USC team. I think the the win against KU solidified my confidence in their ability to really kind of be able to win these big games, and that de- decisive win, I dare say, uh, made it abundantly clear to me that USC I think has a solid chance at making the Final Four this year. So I'm going to go with USC in this game. The other team in this game had also a very decisive win against Iowa. And that's it, it, that game against Iowa. Watching that makes it really hard for me to pick against Oregon in this game. I just think they've, I think they've got something. Iowa's only got one player, man. Hmm. Garza. They. We we mentioned that already. Yeah, we already did. They were a two seed that got absolutely destroyed. That stands for something. All right, we're gonna take a short break here. When we come back here, Logan's got some some ranting to do about a certain team in the NHL. So we'll and it's right not the Blackhawks. After a short break on Hot Corner at KCU Playing with and KCU a ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, <laughs> then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. There is no team in hockey that has had a greater rise and fall as this one. So, as usual with our hockey segment here, I'm going to throw it on over across the table to our hockey expert down here in the studio, Logan France. Logan, take it away. So the first sentence I have in my notes here is what the is wrong with Sabres. I actually have stars to indicate like cursing, but yeah, what is wrong with the Sabres? They've lost 15 straight games. They've played 31 games all season and have won six of them. Six. Six games out of 31. Pain. Yeah, exactly. So some stats during the some losing streak. 
of 15 losses. Four of them were shutouts, which might not feel like a lot, but think about it from like a goaltending perspective. If you had four shutouts in 15 games, you are insanely good. So that should put in perspective how much four shutouts is in 15 games. 10 of those games, 10 of those 15 were by three goals or more. 10 of them. Obviously, they have the Capitals to deal with and the Islanders, who are both very good teams. But you never want to lose by three that consistently. So they fired um, head coach Ralph Kruger on March 7th after the streak hit 12 games, and now they've lost three more. So you got to ask yourself what's wrong. And I think it's just that they're not producing. That's the weird thing about these Sabres is they're so bad, but they do have talent. They have Jack Eichel. They have Taylor Hall. They have Reinhardt, Olsen. Like they've got. They have so Rasmus Dahlin too. It's so frustrating just looking at him because, like, it's wasted talent. Like, mm-hmm. It's just like, how are you not good? How? It's like looking at. I'm trying to. Here's my mind going straight into a baseball comparison. Looking at the Mets, and it's like, how have you not won a World Series by now? How? Well, you have all this stuff, you have all this talent on the team, and you can't do anything with it. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're like a they um they have enough talent. They would have enough talent to compete for like a Stanley Cup. But did you? My Chicago accent's coming out a lot today. Did you hear the word I said? Talent. 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 But anyways, um, yeah, they've got so much talent there, and Eichel and Hall especially. And Eichel's been injured this season, so that's something to um to keep in mind. But still, Taylor Hall went there assuming they were a contender, and like. You know, we make fun of him for it. Oh, Taylor Hall, he shouldn't have thought Buffalo was ever a contender. But they kind of did have the talent. He felt like this piece that might, like, push them over the edge. I mean, they got the first overall pick and picked Rasmus Dahlin, as we expected a few years back. And everyone was like, this could be it. And then it wasn't. Like, it feels like we do this every year with the Sabres, where we're just like, oh, this is the year they finally break out, and they just don't do it. Like, eventually you've got to ask what the problem is, and I feel like you have to look, like, higher up at, like, management and stuff. Like, I feel like that's where it starts to... You know, if if it's not working, something has to change, and yeah. it's consistently been doing that. I mean, unless you want to go for the uh, the league's longest losing streak. I yeah, mean, I I looked at that yesterday. Actually, it is eighteen games. So if they lose three more, they'll tie it. The um, Pittsburgh Penguins help um, have Are that record. Are they going to do a parade? A, a parade like they did with the Browns, and they went uh, defeated all season. <laughs> oh, and sixteen. Longest losing streak in NHL history. Yeah, um. perfect season. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, can we just talk about Logan's inner Alan Alda coming out with the Michael? Chicago you are accent. on something today. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Did you have coffee this morning? Did you like? He's excited. He's going to be leaving for a up. ski trip in like yeah. a day or so. I'm going to be. Did you je sleep at all? Ski. Je fais du ski. Does Michael ever sleep? No. Michael's, exactly. Michael's a robot. He I'm a robot. Need. He doesn't. He just yeah. plugs himself in a wall and. I, yeah, I just, I he has to just have to charge for I an hour. I don't have a heart. I'm a tin man, as I said. <laughs> Let's not do that again. We're not going there again. <laughs> isn't the tin man a robot, no, technically? Not really. No, the tin man's not a robot. Yeah, there's yeah, no technology. He's made, in, he's made of metal, but there's no like technology involved. He's just he a got, tin man. He's got the thing with the arms, though. No, he's he not a robot. <laughs> he's not a robot, Michael. Michael. The, the, I thought he was a robot. Like, he's got like a if weird If you're a robot, you've got to be like... Did you ever see The Wizard of Oz? I have, yes. Okay, then he's not. you should know that he's not a robot. And that was a long time ago. I haven't ago. seen the movie in probably 15 years, but he's not a robot. Yeah, he's definitely... Okay, what is, what, when you think of a robot, what do you think of? I think of... Well, I, I think of metal, and I think of beep, beep, you know... Yeah, that's the boop, only boop, fair boop, comparison, boop. is that they're both made of metal. <laughs> beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. But yeah, yeah exactly. What okay, that's what, I was, that's what I was getting at. Most of the time, robots have, like, some sort of technology involved in them. There's, like, circuitry inside of them. What does the Tin Man have, like... 
He doesn't have a heart. He but just he doesn't have like surgery. Like he just he just strikes me as a robot. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it's it. It's weird. I don't he's either. Not. I I think he's a robot, guys. I don't know. The movie was also made before robots were like a huge thing as they are now. When I when I think of robots, I think of like the Terminator, or I think of C three PO and Star Wars. Yeah, like machines. Like, right. It makes not, sense. Not, not, a, not the tidbit. Not just someone made out of metal. I, you know, I think oh Arnold my. would like a word with you, former governor of California. The, the governor? Like yeah, <laughs> governor. <laughs> governor. Come on the show. We'll talk basketball or baseball. <laughs> He's a lot of fun, apparently, on sports. I want. I, I almost put my name in that contest a few years ago when he wanted to. So he said, you can come smash tanks with me, smash cars <laughs> in a tank. I put my name in and did not win. Quite sad. That's unfortunate. Right. We're, we're going to take a very short break when we come back here. The final word on the hot corner, KCU.FM and KCU.FM. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you, too, can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. When you hear that, it means one thing. Time for my favorite segment on the show, and I'm sure everyone's favorite segment on the show, The Final Word. We all head off on our weird directions on whatever we want to talk about. For me, weird sports story. Michael does a hero of the week, and Logan ends you ends the day with a nice field kid story. <laughs> I end you. That's not... Yeah, Logan also didn't pump his for, fist in the for air for the last time till um, April because next week we'll be on uh, we'll be on holiday next week we'll be at home. I'm gonna go first as usual. So without further ado, here we go. Bets we all do them, whether it be over feathered earrings, money, ice cream, or some other form of public humiliation. We have all grown to love bets over the year. I have so many bets. It's not even funny. I have like gentlemen's bets over baseball, one dollar bets, ice cream bets at home. All kinds of stuff. But this year, this time of year is full of bad bets, especially during the March Madness. As we mentioned earlier on the show, Oral Roberts has been this year's Cinderella team. They have captured arts and many fans, myself included. But however, one man did not hop on board the bandwagon. In the morning of March 21st, Kyle Kerms of Twitter said, and I quote, No, dot, 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 Oral Roberts is not going to beat Florida today. That's the response to all the DMs I've been asking. Uppercase, no shot. If that happens, mark my words. I'll get an Oral Roberts tattoo. Trust me, I am safe here. Zero chance. In case you missed it, Oral Roberts won. So Kyle stayed true to his bet and went to a tattoo parlor to receive a tattoo over his butt that reads, quote, Oral Roberts tattoo in uppercase letters. (laughs) Props to you, Kyle, for staying true to your bet. A lot of people would not have gone that far to stay true. So props to you. I hope you enjoy that tattoo for the rest of your life. He's a um, he's a man of his word. I and you gotta respect that. All right. Well, this story is by Mike Colombo of Fox Two now in St. Louis. 
Uh, Steve and I think it's Magen or Megan uh, Watercott's courtship started courtside, according to the article. Uh, first date was Valentine's Day, obviously, and um, well, not obviously, but I think if you're going to have a first date, it better be on Valentine's Day. And it's kind of a sad story here, but it it it, it does have kind of a, a sweet ending to it. But needless to say, uh, Megan or Magen, um, she's Oklahoma fan. And unfortunately, she passed away terminally ill uh, with uh, cancer within her tissue. Got a CAT scan and um, had multiple brain masses and abnormalities. And in 13 months, she passed away, unfortunately. But um, her spirit lives on in the form of their house. They have a picture of her from her wedding on the beach. And every time he says, I look at it, I think of Megan, think of the good times and how she blessed her family. Obviously, Mizzou played Oklahoma, as we all remember. And these two were heavy rivals, but they have reconciled that rivalry and now are once roiled in rivalry, are now together forever on Team Megan, and you got to respect that. So Megan is my hero of the week, and obviously this is a tremendous story. If you want to go ahead and check it out, I don't have time to get into full details with it on Fox now, but they've got this full story of how these two overcome their differences. Oklahoma and Missouri rivalry end up becoming fighting together against one common cause. That is a great story, Michael. And my final word story comes to you, not really from a specific city, but we'll, we'll say Dallas for the sake of this. Um, Joe Pavelski of the Dallas Stars, along with Matt Fornitaro, another former hockey player, actually launched a media platform, and this was back in 2017, but I just there was a piece about it in ESPN this weekend, I just discovered it. It's called. It was called Company Thirty Nine. Company spelled with a K. It's. It now got rebranded as Torch Pro, and the point of it is they have a bunch of founding athletes. Obviously, Pavelski, Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins, Riley Sheehan of the Buffalo Sabers, who we talked about a bit earlier, Casey Bellamy, a um, women's national team hockey player, and Matthias Yanmark of the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's a media platform that works to share stories in the game of hockey that haven't exactly been shared. They aim to kind of inspire the next generation of athletes or just show these stories to kind of fans who are interested in that kind of stuff. The thing I love about sports is always the human element. So I was really drawn to this, whether it's things like Riley Sheehan playing guitar or introducing everyone to his fiance or Joe Pavelski just talking about his path to becoming a pro growing up in rural Wisconsin and, you know, working his way up to become a NHL player. Just a lot of great things on that website. And it's kind of an all access look into being a professional athlete, which like I said, it's something that's really interested to me. I just love the human element of sports. So it's a media platform that's kind of designed to inspire future generations as athletes, show them what it's like in the daily life of a hockey player, and just give something for fans who might be interested in that kind of stuff. So that's my um my feel-good story. Joe Pavelski kind of craving, um, creating a life for him outside of hockey of inspiring future generations of athletes. That's definitely something you like to see because a lot of these guys don't know exactly what to do after they retire. And it's like, well, now what? you played this sport all your life. And you got to switch gears going to something else, and a lot of people don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Joe Pavelski kind of has that has this waiting for him now once he retires, which should be soon. He's getting a little up there in age. but. And with that, that is the end of another episode of The Hot Corner. Make sure to follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Heron, Logan at Living at Logan, and Michael at Imami Michael. Also, check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. You'll be having a wonderful Thursday, and we will see you in April, as we will not be home here next week because we'll be on holiday. So, until then, it's been Hot Corner, signing off. And she's watching with those eyes. And she's learning with that body I'm
just know it. Yeah.